Hello, my name's Jack Frimston. And I'm Sarah Tabar. So we consider ourselves to be as happy as Larry most of the time, I think. But we want to know who is this Larry guy and why is he always so happy? So join us each week when we'll be having a chat about happiness in many different aspects of our lives in a quest to find out who's Larry and why he's so happy. All right, so, Sarah, it's good to see you again. You all right? Yeah, I'm good. How are you? I'm beautiful. Always happy. You know me. Uh, So I thought this week there was something that's been playing on my mind all week. I've not been able to sleep, right? Because this hunt for Larry, we're we're doing well so far. I feel like we've ticked a couple of boxes, but... I want to know what you reckon he does for a living. I don't think he's got like a nine to five office job. I'm going to go straight in with that idea. Um, But I think today we can try and work out exactly what he does, maybe. Yeah, he doesn't seem like the kind of bloke that put a suit and tie on. He's like, he definitely like maybe some kind of freelance bloke. Well, all right. So what you tell me, what is the happiest that you've ever been at work? (laughs) Well, I once had a... A, a small job during uni as a, a mascot. A mascot? Uh, yeah, for like the the varsity sports day. Did you have that at uni? I don't know if it was like only some places that did that. But was... <laughs> I went to the University of Cumbria. We, we, we didn't even have a student bar. <laughs> we didn't have much. Oh, you missed out. Um, so it's like a big sports day. You had a mascot? Yeah, the uni had a mascot and then oh. the, our radio station also had a mascot. Wow. Um. So on this big sports day, it's Cardiff University against Swansea. It's like our rivals. Uh, happens every year. It's like the best day of the year. Uh, and I d- decided to take on the role as the... Because the, the radio station would cover it as well, cover the event. Uh, and we thought we'll take the mascot along. Why not to try and, you know... Why not? Cheer yeah. on the sports teams and all of that. So that was you? That was me. And it was so much fun. And I think the reason why was people, most people, some were a bit scared... But most people were so happy and excited to see the mascot because yeah. the the costume is like a big purple dragon. Right, okay. And yeah, everyone seemed really excited and just wanted to give you a hug. So I was like, this is great. <laughs> yeah, because you, you can't see like, you can't see their faces, but you can definitely, like by their dance movements and their wiggling, you can definitely tell that they're happy and they're having a good time. Yeah, exactly. I was absolutely loving life. I was having a great time. And did you, you get, get paid for it? Actually, no, I don't think I did. So <laughs> maybe it doesn't count. So it's not really, not really a joke. Up more you, you got dressed up for a day and went for a little wiggle on the pitch i i think because i'm pretty sure i took a day off that the year that i was the mascot was the year when i was on a placement year in london so technically right. i wasn't even like a proper student in cardiff that year and i took a day off work so that i could go back for this day <laughs> <laughs> dedication who do you reckon like the most popular like mascot is in like i'm thinking like pudsy the bear do you reckon... i was about to say yeah I, I the first thing that came to my mind was pudsy do you reckon larry you know when children in need comes around under that there's just a, a little bloke called larry like smiling like with the biggest grin on his face maybe i'd like to think so because it is quite a um it's a happy little job maybe after it did start to get a bit warm in there and i got rugby tackled to the floor at one point so oh. <laughs> there was some moments see yeah that's that's not happy time what well, that that reminds me so I was working once. It's similar kind of, not similar at all. I wasn't. I wasn't a mascot, and it was. It was a job that I. It was a one-off, right? So basically, all right, you had the sports team things at university. One year at my university, we got Radio One's big weekend. Oh, that was right. And we were buzzing because obviously, if you live in Carlisle, like the area, you were more likely to get tickets. I was like sick, sick. Definitely going to get tickets. Definitely going to get tickets. Didn't get tickets, and I was adamant. I was like, I'm going to the festival. I'm going to the festival. So I applied online. 
and I got a job and I was like, I'll just go and do the job and then I'll just like leave halfway through and I'll just enjoy the festival. It'll be fine. So I got a job and I thought I was going to be like a cool barman, you know, like I'd be like, yeah, what do you want? Let me let me make you a cocktail. I got there and it was an awful rainy day and they gave me this rucksack with a load of Bacardi breezes in it. Oh. And I had a flag that was like about six, seven foot higher than me and it just said, I sell Bacardi breezes. And I was just getting people coming up to me, like kids going, what are you doing? I was like, well, obviously I've got a flag saying I sell Bacardi breezes. And kids were just like, well, let's have one then. I was like, well, are you old enough? They're like, no, but let's have one. I was like, well, I can't, can't see one. And then this, <laughs> this guy, he's drunk. He just comes marching towards me and he barges me over. And when I'm like on the floor, he just goes, flag twat. Oh no, that does not and sound... I just, and I'm just... I'm just there on like and like I was like a turtle, you know, when you get like a turtle's on his back. <laughs> yeah. I got these Bacardi breezes weighing me down, and I was like, I went on my break, and I was like, you know what, sack that, ditch the bag, and then I was right at the front watching Bruno Mars, and that was it. Never heard from him. Did you actually just did? Did you get paid? No, obviously I didn't get paid. Just, Were you meant to get paid? Yeah, I was meant to earn about seventy pounds, but I was like, you know what, it's worth it. Got to see Bruno Mars, Lady Gaga. So the perks oh of the job were God. good, but the actual job wasn't uh, wasn't that enjoyable. I did I did something similar once for Love Box Festival. I think I volunteered for a day in exchange for a ticket to Citadel, which was happening the next day. Yeah, and I had to hold a um, sign up, and the sign just said Love Box this way <laughs> with an arrow, and so many people came up to me and were like, "Which which way is Love Box?" And I was like. <laughs> What do you think? <laughs> People are so funny, aren't they? I know. I was like, hilarious. I haven't heard that all day. <laughs> to be fair, if I wasn't working, that's the kind of thing I'd be doing as yeah, well. absolutely would be. I remember I had I had another job when I was at, uh, at university and everyone was like, yeah, we're getting, a, we're getting a job at the Carlisle football ground. Now, I'm, I don't know the first thing about football. Like, growing up, I like Cats and Musical and stuff like that. Wasn't bothered about football. Do you know what I mean? But I was like, you know what? It's a, it's a laugh. I'll go. I'll do it. And I was in the family-friendly end, and I had to stand there wearing this big high-vis, and if anyone, like, tried to get past me or anything, I, well, I don't know what I was ever going to do, because you saw what I looked like when I was 19. <laughs> what would I have done? And then, um, then like, they're watching the game. So I couldn't even watch the game, not that I was bothered. And everyone's just, like, shouting at me. And one guy goes, get out of the way, you knobhead. And I was like, again, I was just like, I'm done with this. I'm out. You're not very good at committing to the job, are you? No, no, but well, yeah, but if someone, you know, I hope I mean? none if of someone... your potential future employers listen to this. <laughs> no, I, I have had jobs that I've that I've seen through, but I haven't. <laughs> I've had a lot of jobs like, <laughs> so I worked at Hawkins Bazaar. Do you remember Hawkins Bazaar? No, what is it? It rings a bell, but it. Hawkins Bazaar was the best toy shop on the planet, right? So I, I worked there, right. like Hamleys. Yeah. Um, Hamleys is better, right? Hawkins <laughs> Bazaar is the second best toy shop on the planet, right? And uh, I'd go in on a Saturday and a Sunday, and it was at, while I was at university. I did it for like four months, and I'd go in hungover, and they'd say, right, today, Jack, you're on uh, electric like helicopters. And I'd like be flying these remote control helicopters around, smash them. Kids would be like, can I have a go? And I'd be like, no, obviously I'm playing. <laughs> and then I'd go and like lay down on the floor for a bit downstairs because I was so hungover. And the manager would come in and be like, what are you doing lying down here? I was like, oh, I'm just, I didn't feel well. I felt a bit dizzy. And I just got to play with all these toys. And then I went away for Christmas. And then I got a notification on Christmas Day 
and it said Hawkins Bazaar has like gone into administration. Oh I was like, no! It's definitely because I smashed all those helicopters. Yeah, you you run them out. But that was an amazing job. Like you just would play games all day, every day. I loved it. It does sound like every boy's yeah. dream. It's definitely a boy job, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it could be Larry's job. I mean, no, no, that's not a very twenty twenty thing to say. Is it? All right, all right. Yeah, I'll let you off. What's the uh, what would, what was your first ever job? What was the first thing you did? I remember I did babysitting at school, which was quite a classic. Oh, everyone did babysitting. Yeah. So technically, that was that probably was my first first ever job. I'm trying to think what I did after that. Do you like children? I don't mind them. I'm not like a, yeah, they're fine. Like, <laughs> um, I don't hate them. I know a few people who like hate them, um, which I think is a bit sad. <laughs> I'm a bit awkward around them. Like I don't really know what to do with them. If it was like your job and they're like, oh, Sarah, Sarah, can we have some marshmallows? Would you be like firm and be like, no? Or would you be like, yeah? No, I think I'd give in quite easily. I don't yeah. think I'm a particular. <laughs> I definitely would be a bit of a pushover with the kids. <laughs> You've seen the time. I remember the ones that we did babysit. It was a brother and a sister. And one of them would try and distract me by showing me some like flyer about her upcoming concert school, whilst the other one was like climbing up the shelf to try and get the iPad, which their parents had try and put as high up as possible so they wouldn't stay up all night on the iPad. And it was the most obvious thing that like, I could clearly see this boy clambering up the shelf um, but I just pretended to ignore it because I didn't really know what to do <laughs> and I just <laughs> you didn't fancy going on to be like an au pair full-time or anything like that no I, I don't I think I, I would definitely just give in way too easily and yeah I'd be a bit of a pushover um, but yeah I think that was my first ever job I think the next thing I did was my um, my placement year at TFL which was in the middle of uni what was that like did you enjoy that yeah, it was good. I mean, I so I studied city planning, and so it was related to that. Um, you get a free Oyster card, so that was a nice little perk. <laughs> that is a good perk of the job. Oh. Yeah, no, it was it was fine. It's just I always kind of knew that that wasn't really what I wanted to end up doing. So, um, Did you have to wear, like, fancy clothes to work? I wouldn't say fancy. Like, in retrospect, it was relatively kind of casual. So I ended up going back there, for, and I worked there again for an extra six months after I finished uni. Um, and I dressed quite casually when I, you know, ended up going back. But I think because when I first worked there during my placement, it was like my first proper job. Initially, I kind of felt like I should dress quite well. Um, but generally, like, no, as long as you just wore like a, you know, nothing revealing or, you know, your trackies, you'd be fine. You don't go with a six foot flag that says I love Bacardi Breezes on your first day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I used to like when I when I go for an interview, like I'm proper like you can see see your face in my shoes, like proper shirt and tie. And then like I I do feel like my my happiness levels when I when I've gone for jobs in the past and like I, I'm talking to them if they, if they say smart casual I'm like automatically intrigued because they they kind of I feel like there's a level of them saying we treat you like a bit of an adult. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I mean I get it. Like if you're in Canary Wharf and you're meeting, but I feel like like life's changing. Like to work hard, you don't have to wear. Uh, a suit and tie like as long as you look presentable yeah. like you're not gonna can you west i don't know if that's a, a good example but can you west not. is like one of the like most influential business but he's running for president isn't he what is he like he's he comes up with loads of ideas but you would never see him in a like a proper canary wolf city slicker no but i do th i think it really depends on what industry you're in you know if you're in a proper very client facing you know, constantly in meetings and it's kind of, 
I don't know, I my what I would picture is kind of people who work in banking and that kind of stuff, or like lawyers and those kind of industries, then obviously, yeah, you're going to dress a lot a lot better. Yeah, you got to be respectable. I don't think Larry's a lawyer. I'm going to put that on the table right now, Sarah. I'm going to put that on the table right now, sorry, but I don't think Larry's a lawyer. I'll see you in court if you disagree. No, no, I agree. Because <laughs> they work really long hours and even though they probably earn a lot, I don't think the hours kind of make up for it. And I think overall you wouldn't be that happy. My dad used to polish Maltesers in Australia. Huh? <laughs> My dad used to polish Maltesers Like in the Australia. chocolates? Yeah, the chocolates. He used to polish Is that them. the happiest job he's... I didn't even know that was a job. Is that, well, Do they need someone he, to polish them? Well, look at them. Next time you... Next they time are you, shiny. I do... I have noticed. <laughs> they are shiny. And he used to polish them with their... Wow. <laughs> and he used to take the jelly babies for a walk. What? Are you just having no, me no, on now? No, 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 no. No, to be fair, he did used to polish the, the Maltesers, but it wasn't like... He didn't have like a little cloth and doing more... That is what I'm like picturing. You know what, like recently with the, with the whole kind of coronavirus stuff like kicking off and, and coming back from Miami, I was out of work. So I was like, what can I do just to get some money and keep sane? And I got a job working in the Amazon factory and I would just, I'd stand on a line and honestly it was like licking envelopes, but like you'd stand on a line and a parcel would go past, you'd have to check if it was one of your numbers, so I had like three numbers, and then you just put it on the rack. And you know what? I would listen to like 10 hours of podcasts a night. I was I was so happy. Like you, your feet get tired and like it was long and, and it was night shift. So it was like 1 a.m. till like half 11. So that was a bit crazy. But I was so happy because like you don't have to think like, all right, the money wasn't amazing. So for forever, I don't think I'd be happy doing that. But just something quite mind numbing. Do you know what I mean? That's what I was, I was just about to say. I think because you did it for a short period of time and you knew it wasn't permanent. I think when you've got, the end in sight yeah or you know that it's only for like a month or two or even like only for a year then you might be happier doing it whereas if if it seemed like it was a never-ending thing I think it would be maybe like less of a joyful experience yeah see I I I don't think I like full-time like I'm still on a path to like working out what I want to do like I I know that I'm good at sales. I know that I'm, I like people and stuff like that. Um, so I'm still on this like path to working out what I want to do as a career. But I, I want to get a job or do something for work that I never retire. Like, I feel like, do you know Doc, Doc Cotton? Yeah. Is like, she's in her 90s and she's still in EastEnders because, and that's what she said keeps, <laughs> I've been listening to so many podcasts and I got into Doc Cotton from EastEnders. Of course. Don't ask. Um, <laughs> But was this was after like, our chat with Jackie talking about Max from Easter? You know, I've, I've been inspired. I've been inspired. I've been delving into the, uh, you know, like also a little EastEnders related fact is I think I'm the only person in the world that owns two copies of Shane Rich's autobiography. You definitely would be. <laughs> and we had World Book Day when I was about 12 years old and I went into school and I, uh, I, I dressed up as him. I was about to say, I feel like if you could do anything in the world, it would be to I'd be a Shane Ritchie in person. Be Shane Ritchie. <laughs> that's, that's not a job, unfortunately. You can make it a job. The industry isn't crying out for a Shane Ritchie impersonator. I'm telling you that right now. I've been on Google and it's not there, all right? <laughs> but yeah, no, what was I saying? Uh, Dot Cotton, because she cause she doesn't retire. Like You see all these like elderly people in Corrie and EastEnders are like, like Robert De Niro's still going. Why would he not, like, why would he complain? Although... 
Have you seen him in the news this week? No. He's moaned. He said, he said, I'll be lucky if I make seven and a half million this year. All right, Robert De Niro in your big house. Get out of it. Tough times for Robert De Niro. They say money can't buy happiness, but a 2018 study from Purdue University in Indiana suggests that the ideal annual income for peak happiness ranges from 60 to 70,000 pounds. So I think you'll be all right, Rob. Beyond that, there tends to be less correlation between income and happiness, since higher salaries often come with a catch, like bigger workloads, more responsibilities, and less time for positive experiences. Obviously, there are different factors that were considered in the study, so if you want to read more, the link will be in the podcast bio. If you could be any famous person, who would you be? Oh my God. For their career, for their career, not just for like, you can't be... Kylie Jenner for a... Oh, no, I wouldn't, she, I wouldn't want to got, be a Kardashian. Is she one with the bum or the lips or something? I don't know. I don't really know the Kardashians. I don't know. I don't know which one's which, but I wouldn't want to be any of them. I feel like I'd probably choose someone quite, like, someone really rad- random. David Attenborough. That'd be a fun job. Oh, but he's nearing the end of his life, though. I'd want someone... No, he's, don't say <laughs> things some... <laughs> like that, Sarah Tabar. Isn't he, like, 90? I'm sure. Yeah, he's... but him and Doc Cotton, they've still got it, all right? Don't you be coming in here with these big ideas. Who would you be? Shane Ritchie. <laughs> Shane Ritchie, Bradley Walsh, I'd be happy. I'd be happy as Larry. Oh, yeah, to be fair, come on. If you were hosting The Chase every day, you'd have a right laugh. Yeah, that would be fun. I feel like you'd probably learn a lot too, but you might... I feel like I'd also feel quite stupid after a while because I'd probably just be stood there like, God, I wouldn't know any of these. Or do you think, like, Larry could be one of those people that just goes around and he goes on different game shows? You know that you know the kind, they appear on different game shows and he enters loads of competitions from the newspaper and he's always... I can tell you now that does not make you that happy. I have experienced one. Have you been on, TV? Have you been on a quiz show? What have you been on? It was the game show didn't do too well. I got axed after one series. Unsurprisingly, it was shocking. What was it? BBC One Primetime about two years ago <laughs> with Len Goodman called Partners uh. in Rhyme. <laughs> so basically, I had a bit of a midlife crisis uh, during whilst writing my dissertation. And just a bit of backstory. So me and my housemate had been hosting this bingo night at uni, a musical bingo night. To be honest, that was probably my happiest job. More than the mascot, I think. That was great fun. And we actually got paid for it. Um, So we hosted that. And then this ad came through student media saying that BBC are looking for people to take part in this new game show that they're, you know, trying to get going. So I said to Jamie, I was like, Jamie, come on, let's apply for this. It sounds hilarious. We're a great duo. We could go up against each other. (laughs) Anyway, long story short, he didn't end up applying and I did. Um, And... I ended up on the show. So you were, but it wasn't in pairs, so it was just you? Yeah, so it was me with a celebrity panel. It was on the panel? Yeah, don't tell me Shane Ritchie, I'll, I'll leave. It was my... me, Shane Ritchie <laughs> and Bradley Walsh. Oh no, was Doc Cotton there as well? Don't, don't do this to me, Sarah. She was on the opposing panel. No, it was, um. oh God, what's his name? Chris Akabuzi? He was like a former athlete. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I had him, who was very enthusiastic and very funny. And this other woman, who I'm not going to lie, I can't remember her name. She was a comedian. And at the time, I didn't know who who she was. And it was really awkward because I remember being sat in the hair and makeup. And the the makeup artist was asking me all these questions. She was like, oh, so uh, do you know who you're on a panel with? And I was like, yeah, I don't really know who they are. Not realising that the woman was sat next to me, that the comedian. And like the makeup artist just gave me like, she was like, oh. a, like a, a stop talking kind of look. And I was like, oh God, this is really awkward. Who was it? 
Um, I saw her on TV recently, but I've forgotten her name again. Did you win any money? No, I, I lost. It wasn't Not literally, enough. the game was so simple. This is why I got axed, I think, because it was like the most basic game. And you lost. And I, I lost because my buzzer wasn't working. Honestly, oh, the oldest, I remember. the oldest excuse re- in the book. No, because I remember it was on the last round that I was actually quite good at and I kept buzzing and it wasn't like buzzing. And I was like, hello. And so there were two that I could have got, but I didn't, which meant that I lost a holiday to Venice or something like that. Um, but it's essentially, it's like catchphrase, but with rhymes. So they'd show you these pictures that they created or like kind of like gifts and you had to describe what you were seeing and it was a rhyme. So it'd be like a goat on a boat or you two using shampoo or uh, okay. that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I yeah. think there's a reason I probably didn't watch that one. Yeah, no, it did It did not do well at all. But what reminded me of that big tangent <laughs> was you saying those people who go on all of these game shows. I remember, because I had to do an audition for this, and everyone else there had been on all these game shows. Like, there was this one woman who was saying how she enters every competition she sees, like in wow. newspapers. She said she's been to New York for free about three times. She's one Was a- she happy? To be fair, she did seem quite happy. She, she, <laughs> she said she'd won about eight microwaves and two ovens and like all of this stuff. This other guy had been on Deal or No Deal and won like 200 grand or something. Wow. It's one of those, so you, like, you can't, you, it, like, I guess if you're doing it for the prizes and you're like, oh, her husband goes, our freezer's just broke. She goes, all right, I'm going to go on. I'm going to get <laughs> to freezer. And she comes home with a kettle on a trip to the Bahamas. You would be happy with that, wouldn't you? But I just feel like, you know, when you do lose. Oh, you... I hate losing. Exactly. You know what? Like <laughs> another thing, it <laughs> just remind me. I used to have a job um, in Bright House where I used to like sell people like TVs and they'd come in and they'd pay three quid a week and they'd get this TV on finance. It was such a stupid job. I had to wear a pink shirt and I didn't. They oh, gave me wow. this pink shirt. And they were like, yeah, like in my induction, they were like, you start next week. And I didn't realise the pink shirt said Bright House on it, like embroidered underneath in small letters. And I didn't have a, a mirror in my room. So I went out for a night. I was like, oh, nice new pink shirt. I put that on, put that on, went out to the local club. And everyone was like, why are you wearing a shirt that says Bright House on it? Oh, my God. So anyway, so I worked there. And then um, they used to have like head office come uh, once a month on like um, a Sunday or whatever, whenever I was working. And they used to hide me upstairs. <laughs> I'd never be on, like upstairs, like making the tables, but like I'd always be shop floor. And then that day, whenever they came in, they'd always hide me. I wonder why. <laughs> so I wasn't happy there because. Have you ever been unhappy at work, other than when they used to hide you in a closet? <laughs> well, you like like you like you've seen like when I'm unhappy in work, I usually just quit. Like, like I'd just be like straight out of there. Like the, one of the first jobs I did, which was pretty cool but like i i couldn't hack it i remember my excuses being like because i was like 14 15 at the time and I, I don't know how it happened but i ended up getting a job as a dj for a saucer group right so i'd go to like the local uh church hall on like a tuesday night but i'd be there to like one in the morning like packing it down and then i have to go to school and she'd give me a lift home and like 20 quid sometimes she wouldn't even give me a lift home so oh my god for, how old were you in it like half what like 14, 15. And I would just press in play on a CD and press it, like, playing all the... I just kept playing Michael Bublé's Sway because she was like, right, you need to learn your knowledge about, like, your source of music. I was like, no, I like Michael Bublé. I like Sway. I'll keep playing that one. Oh, my God. So I liked... Like, I didn't mind, like... I've always been a worker and, like, even whatever job it is, like, I'll do it. I, th- I think with with jobs, it is, like, the people that surround you. So even yeah. if it's, like, 
like I've worked in call centers and the, the 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 actual work that you have to do is quite hard and like it's quite monotonous and you're chatting to people that are hanging up on you or rude or don't want to speak to you but like if you're surrounded by good people and you can have a bit of laugh or like there's a social on a Friday night like I've met so many like good friends I met Jackie in a call center yeah. do you know what I mean yeah. I met so many uh, like ex-partners and stuff like that a recent study by staffing firm Robert Half, which evaluated the happiness levels of more than 12,000 working professionals, shows that happier workers also perform better, have closer relationships with co-workers, and take more pride in their work than their less jubilant counterparts. So, if you're happy and you know it, go to work. We, we actually met working together, didn't we? Yes, we did. On Busk in London. That is a good point, actually. Yeah, and we, we, just, we just stood in Trafalgar Square... We just like made sure like no one tried to interrupt the buskers. That was quite an easy job because you'd be in the sunshine. And then we worked together last summer on the International Busking Day in Wembley Park. And that is where we met Kiss FM presenter Swazi. Swazi, who will be joining us in the next episode. So stay tuned for that. Well, I was just about to go into one more big topic how much of a factor money would play in in the job that larry might go for like do you think that the money takes priority in all in order to bring happiness especially for someone like you who's had about a million different jobs that have probably paid various salaries various salaries yeah absolutely that bacardi breezer job that brought the that brought the baker that bought my third house with that with that money uh, <laughs> Who was it? Was it the Beatles? They said money can't... No, they said money can't buy you love. Uh, Money... Obviously, they say money can't buy you happiness. But what money can do is bring you a level of, like, comfortableness. And I was was talking to a friend about this, uh, one of my friends from America the other day, and about, like, if you could do your dream job or if you could just be, like, like happy or, like, what do you want money-wise? When I was working on the ship singing... Like, I had no outgoings, no food, no rent, no bills. Like, and I was earning, like, the best money I've ever earned. And it's on a ship, so it's all, like, tax-free. So it was amazing. But it was it was one of those that it, it just brought a level of comfort. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, no. Was that your happiest job that you've had then? It 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 wasn't it was definitely up there like it was one of the the happiest moments i've had because i was going out every night i was singing and i didn't have to do much and i was turning up at a caribbean island every other day you say you didn't have to do much but i feel like you probably did but for you it just felt like because it was so much fun and it was something that you love to do yeah that's it didn't feel well, like that's much. what they say they say find a job you love and you'll never work a day in your life exactly and for me getting on stage for three hours like this is a doddle and i like and then mm. i I wake up in the morning, I go for a swim, I'd have a little beer on the beach, a little bit of jerk chicken in Jamaica. On the beach on the a beach on the ship. No, we'd pull up. <laughs> do you know what cruise ships do? Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they like they, they a cruise, you go on an island. Um so that was amazing. But there's a lot of there was a lot of rules that kind of brought like took suck the fun out of it and i got in trouble a few times for having parties and stuff like that but but like again like looking at the bigger picture that is quite a fun job to have like you're traveling around it was. you're entertaining people which i guess for everyone that's not like people's thing but i feel like for you who no. you're quite like an entertainer like a shane richie yeah exactly <laughs> and you do and you meet loads of new people and and that's one of the biggest things like more than money is like meeting cool people and you work with some people and you're like I don't like this person. I don't want to work with them. 
but you meet some people and I was so lucky the band that I worked with we had um, a drummer and a bass player from Venezuela the guitarist was from Canada the singer was from Argentina and the keys player was from Miami so we had like such a cool unique setup and all of a sudden like you meet different people from different places and it just puts different things into perspective about life like I was sat there eating an avocado one day in the the Venezuelan drummer, he just showed me like the avocados that grow in his garden. And it just oh kind God. of like, you just talk about different things and like you realize how easy, especially growing up in England, like we've had it compared to, to certain countries and, and certain people and certain lives. And it just kind of, it makes you more grateful to, to, to obviously we, I, I think we spoke about this in like the traveling episode, like seeing the world and being in Vietnam for me was like something that kind of makes you grateful, but doing something you love and, not knowing that I didn't have to stress, knowing that if I wanted to go out there and spend $200 on a new pair of headphones was, wasn't an issue, there's a level of happiness. Yeah. I'm skint now. I've, I've, I've spent it all on You spent it headphones. all. I've got, I've got 30 pairs of headphones. But yeah, no, I agree on the people thing very much. And I, in my eyes, it would take priority over the money side because no matter how much money you're earning, if you're working with people that you don't get on with or you don't like, yeah. then it's not a nice environment to be in. And then you're naturally, it's going to have an effect on your happiness and you're just going to be miserable going into work every day. Like I know so many people who have liked their job in theory, like what they're actually doing, but then they've hated the people so much that it's just made them really miserable and it just makes so much difference. So I reckon Larry would be working in a very friendly environment. I don't think it would be an office job or a desk job because that's just not... I think he'd be customer facing. I feel like he could be, you know, like maybe like a medieval themed restaurant and like they get people to serve you your bread, but they also like they get involved with the character. You know what I mean? That's really specific. Well, no, I know it just comes. To... So I went, I went to something once, which was called the Secret Cinema. Um, oh and, yeah, I've been. Yeah, and basically it was like Back to the Future, and they turned like the whole of this Shoreditch area. Oh, that would be so good. And they, and they built like the the town, and you basically like you all dress up and you walk around the town, and like we went into like this little like um like a uh, travel agent, and there was just a guy sat there. No one was coming to see him, and he pretended to be a travel agent from the film. Like Back to the Future, I was like, yeah, I could see. I mean, I didn't think it at the time, but I remember thinking, this bloke's happy as Larry. Then looking back now, <laughs> maybe that was Larry. Maybe I missed my opportunity. Because the real Larry's job, he was a boxer, wasn't he? And we we speak about this he in was. the beginning. But I can't imagine. Like, I know it's it's great to be athletic and to kind of be like fit and do all, do all that stuff. And like you get like a, a ad- adrenaline for winning as well. But can you imagine being punched in the nose all the time? I don't think you'd be that happy. No. What, you had no teeth. You couldn't even smile. What's the point in being happy? <laughs> yeah, I agree. Wasn't it he won a massive prize, like money, like loads of money? Yeah, he won like 150000 So I guess the original Larry was as happy as Larry because of money. But £150,000, it's like... It's life-changing money, but it's also like now in London, I don't think you could even get a car parking space for that. No, exactly. I think in today's world, he would not be a boxer. Um, he Maybe he would be an athlete, but I see him being more as like a creative type. Like you said, maybe kind of freelancey, but some people find that quite stressful because it's like the lack of security yeah. of when you'll have work. Or maybe he's like a charity worker. Because that's like giving back to the people. And I feel like that's a theme that's come up a few times. I'm going to go for medieval travel agent mascot guy. Yeah? Thanks for listening today, guys. My name's Jeff Frimston. I'm Sarah Tabar. And tune in next week when we'll be joined by Kiss FM presenter... Swazi McCauley. (laughs) See you later.